The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water and Water Life Science. Today, we're going to have a memory of all this planet for the billions of years And they decided many years ago to have World Water Day, which was on March 20th. And then we're going to celebrate Earth Day, which is coming up on April 22nd. But there was another Earth Day in March with John McConnell within the United Nations. We're going to discuss that a little bit here. I want you to know that the reason for this show and to our 10th year as of this month is years ago, as I've said to you, that the concerns I had way back in time in my research center, Biologic Aqua Research, now Water Life Science, known worldwide, were the leaders of research into your body water, living with the atmospheric water vapor, and the planet Earth's water, fresh water, living with life and the water vapor. You need education, and we need to be reminded. It's like, have you ever had a doctor get sick, and the doctor says, oh, I should have known better because I I preach to everybody about what to do, and the doctor doesn't always follow the orders of what he does for himself for others. We've got to get out of bed in the morning. Put your feet on the spot. Look around. Do your breathing exercises. Drink a glass of water. Think about your diet for the day. Do some moderate exercise. And when you go to bed, you sleep like the planet Earth. You need rest. You need to recycle. You need to supplement your body to give it a chance to get ready for the next day to live with the planet Earth. And you need to know you're living as a guest on the planet Earth. There's something very powerful out there. And as I began to study so far back, way back, well over 30-odd years now to study, is I was so shocked because I'd been in the medical field as a layman, but in the medical field, providing my 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 time for the American Cancer Society for years and many other categories in the medical field. I've been chairman of physicians, surgeons, of a medical team, of, of a board of directors, education about your health. But then when I learned several years ago, the education for your health has not been supplementing 
the education about how you live on the planet Earth for your health. Did you ever notice that? Your health depends upon your outlook and how you live on the planet Earth as a person. And every show I have told you, and I'm going to to be preaching this, I've got to learn to start Twittering it. I need to get people on the bandwagon with it. We need to start looking at education and not using such fancy words about what the common sense is. Living on the planet Earth is an issue of water first. It's the whole life of water. It's, it's the whole, the, everything about your organism of life of water. Around the planet Earth, billions of years ago, not millions, billions of years ago, there was this blue around the whole planet Earth, a circle. Water vapor surrounding Earth. Some miraculous moment happened with the solar system. The planet Earth, water vapor around it for billions of years. But all of a sudden, the climate changed around the planet Earth with the solar system. And the solar system created a new temperature. And when that new temperature began, at that magical moment, Earth began something it had not had happen. Vapor began to evaporate out of the water that was in the vapor, vapor that is invisible, the water began to evaporate because of temperature changes. And it would come down called like raindrops. Remember, every word we talk about today is an invention so far back in time, thousands of years ago of invention of words. The word rain began, and it came down, and it came down for billions of years, And then all of a sudden came life, water, fresh water on the surface of the planet Earth, to bring life to the planet Earth. It all happened like magic. But then came along individuals who began to recognize what was happening to the life on the planet because of the water. The faiths began, religions began. Because they knew there was something more powerful than the life that we recognize. There's something more powerful away from our bodies, out in the invisible air we live in of water vapor. And as you've heard with scientists I've had on the show, that water vapor is our life. The water vapor brings life to earth. The droplet of rain brings fresh water down to earth as an organism of life. And through the thousands of years, throughout the world, different faiths arrived, began where they lived, what, which continent they were in, knowing that there's something away from, that we take our arms away from our body and we reach out like we're going to start a dance, a rhythm. And we felt, they felt that something was there. That energy was there. And you know how smart they were? They were right. The energy of the water vapor is what keeps you alive electrolytically. Inside your body, with each of those organs, and I will always mention them every show, the brain, 
is 80 to 85% water connected to your eyes and the surface of the eye is 99% water. The lungs are 70 to 80% water, liver 70 to 75% water, the skin 70 to 75% water, the blood 50% water, your teeth 8 to 10% water, heart 75 to 80, bones 20 to 25, kidneys 80 to 85, your muscles 70 to 75% water. Now stop and think, each one of those organs is having to support the other organ with a percentage of water behind that skin for your body to live a healthier wellness and fight diseases and live a very healthy life. And as we've learned, when I was brought in by ophthalmology research to study the eyes many, many years ago, I did not know all that either about the eyes. And I knew it about the other organs, but I didn't understand, and I studied the skin. But I had no idea that we're living electrolytically like a lightning rod. Like one scientist from the University of Washington, Dr. Pollock said, we are a battery living with the water vapor of the atmosphere. And like I have a friend who's a scientist, airport controller, and they said, the plane couldn't fly without that vapor electrolytically. The battery couldn't charge. Your wireless technology today needs that water vapor to be able to do what it does, technology. I could go, your life, everything life, the soil. Soil becomes sand when there's not enough water. What is sand? Almost lifeless microorganism. It's the soil that assisted to bring all life to earth with the water vapor and the water on the planet. Don't forget that. That's how important you are to what you're doing, your health, and your health depends upon the planet, but you also have a responsibility to be healthy, for the planet to be healthy. Always remember that. Now, there's something else on our research this week I want you to look up. My secretary, Bonnie, gives me information. And a lot of times I don't always give it to you and I guess I get caught up in the other things. But look up, how does the weather affect our water? That is vital. It says here, water utilities across the United States are seeking solutions to a broad range of possible climate change impacts and uncertain future. The Water Research Foundation has identified a lack of specific information about how this is happening. We all have a feeling that there has not been enough education and that they're they're taking way too long because guess what? Our Earth is in a water crisis and guess what? That is absolutely crazy. Years ago, they knew. Thousands of years ago, they knew. Water was the primary focus of all planet Earth living and that the soil had to be healthy. They knew that the fresh water for drinking, they knew all about it. What happened? They left it behind, but we're not going to let it happen anymore. The other one, again, how does the weather affect our water? Our weather. This is a review of positions taken by various organizations concerned, it says, with climate about the role of water vapor in the Earth's climate system. That is going to be our focus today. We have a very special guest on with my Remembering World Water Day, World Earth Day, and we'll discuss that a little bit better here soon with 
Gary Care. Gary, I'm going to spell, I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Care. K-E-I-R. Gary is a climate change authority, climate change, about climate change and the extreme weather advocate. He's out of New York City. We're going to learn a little bit, a lot about it. I'm going to move on so we can have him on as long as we can today because we're going to cover a lot. And when we're done, I hope to gosh we can get a lot of tweeting, a lot of social activities going. We have got to do something as a pilgrimage. All of us, we don't have to go put banners up. We need to find out what we need to do to get people behind the social media side of us of how we can bring the world together with the water. It's the water and the the planet Earth is a family. Anybody who says we're not living on this planet together is crazy because no one is else living over at Mars or anyplace else. We're living as a family on this planet. We need to be educated and we're going to expect it. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research, Water Life Science. Invented a product for ophthalmology. There's thousands and thousands of surgeons and physicians that want me to do this. Nature's Tears I Missed. To be able to help the water vapors supplement the surface of our eyes. The surface of the eye is 99% water connected to the brain. If the water of the surface of the eye is not getting enough water from the vapor because of whatever individuality of our lifestyle, because there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two people are evaporating the same. No different than the planet Earth is not all evaporating differently in different continents. We need to supplement. That's why technology is so exciting. Nature's tears I missed with a tissue culture grade of water to supplement with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Gary Gare. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Gary, are you with us? Yes, I am. How do I pronounce your last name? I apologize. Here, you got it you got it well. Here? You did it well. Oh, okay. Here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm going to tell our audience. Gary, you grew up in Pittsburgh, 
Pennsylvania, which I've been there, done television shows there, and worked in the family roofing business. You did a stint as as an environmentalist and biology. Gary, you moved uh, into IT and project management, analysis, and programming. Gary has visited the front line of climate change in Alaska's Arctic 15 times as a leader for a backpacking and rafting trips, MVU. His solutions to this problem is to try to decide, you try to decide what you can do with carbon bonds. And and I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. But you have dedicated yourself since a young man. How long have you been doing this? I've uh, been doing this about two or three years now. I applied, originally applied for the provisional patent three years ago and the utility patent over two years ago. And I've been trying to build a business and, and gather interest in the idea for it. My goal is to license the process to a, a financial institution or utility. And mm-hmm. um, I did it because I, I want something that everybody can do, something can, they can do measurably and constructively yeah. about climate change. So. That's Can I tell you one, Gary? This is fascinating. To, uh, my program director gets my programs, and and it, 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 this is going to be a very good show today because I want it to be in memory of World Water Day and World Earth Day coming and your passion, too. Um, I'm a believer of that. See, years and way back in time, I'm much older than you. I'm, in, I'm 74. Way back in time, I decided that the education about the hu- human health and wellness was not educated properly. I've been involved in the medical field since my 20s as a layman and active in raising enormous amounts of money for charity and so on and being on state boards and health and so on. But I found myself the education about the body living with water and the water vapor of the air and the earth's water were not ever discussed or connected the way they should have been. So I began to study the skin first and then I understood, Carrie, that melanoma could take us beyond all imagination. And I came forward where I'm at today. I got more involved in the earth's water, too. See, I had to study with the earth's water, what it was doing. And to understand the earth's water, I thought to myself many times that the United Nations made a mess. Uh, We're in a crisis that should never have been. The politicians don't prioritize it. And I felt like the capitalistic side of invention, technology, entrepreneurs could find it out. And is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, I'm thinking that we can't wait around for the politicians and the corporate leaders to... There we uh, go. So if we can do something constructive and measurable, put our savings into something like a war bond, for instance, and that money can be dedicated to people who can put solar collectors and, and... retrofit their house to make them energy efficient and energy storage, mm-hmm. batteries, mm-hmm. Uh, pumped hydro, these type of things. Mm-hmm. What we need, what we have to do, we already know what we have to do. We have to pay for it. So that money has well, to come from somewhere. Everything has to be paid for. You know, you don't yeah. want anybody to work for, you know, we, uh, we give our chairs. We, we, no place on the planet does more charity for no money return than the United States of America on the whole planet forever. But when you go in with technology, like you're saying and I'm saying, and we'll talk about today, you want some money earned to continue it so it doesn't have, it can build a, let's say, a war chest of money available to it with profit 
and, and be able to continue to be in business to protect society and our planet Earth. If you, if you, it won't be charity to do it. It's got to be entrepreneur. Right. There you go. And right. um, you are right. Now, your thinking is very uh, unusual because when I go out and speak and get involved with people, they're always so, it's kind of fascinating why I would think that the entrepreneur, the inventor, the technology would be the lifesaver. And that's why uh, about a year ago, I was suggested to be nominated to the UN. And I finally, after all the wonderful references around the world, I finally decided I had to do this myself in some way someday. Because people, the politicians, are not looking at it like I do and you do. If this should be new technology, new inventions, new ideas. To let people come out of their huts. Uh, young kids in school could even be thinking about it and inventing it because they come up with great ideas too. So you're thinking on uh, our future is exactly where I come from too, inventions and new entrepreneurship. Yes, and and, and also providing a, a, a personal approach to climate change, which we don't have now. We we think we always we put it on the oil companies or the coal companies. But we can oh, also do something yeah. ourselves, and that's... That's right. Yes. You are right. Huh. Yeah, you're right, because, you know, Gary, I was going to bring this up to you today, too. You, you brought that up. Years ago, I was in a meeting with um, uh, something with the government and something with people in the community. And I watched the, uh, I was supposed to do some reporting to them in that meeting, and I said to the government... Why aren't you in the business of assisting the entrepreneur, the businessman, the community economy to assist them? Why are you always fighting with them? You should be assisting them to be a huge success. That's why the taxpayer is paying you to be a huge success for the economy of the community and the country. So, Gary, you're right on. I, I truly believe that's true. Uh, I think that's the only way to battle and, and win. You're right on. So what are your yeah. other ideas? Well, the, the idea for the, uh, the carbon extrant is to, um, you know, you would measurably balance your carbon footprint by making incremental investments in, in clean energy. They would be like CDs or savings bonds. And the unit price of those would be set to match the cost of carbon dioxide. So as an individual, if I want to offset 10 tons of my carbon footprint, I would buy 10 of these types of savings bond CDs. And then that money would be then dedicated to financing certified renewable energy, energy efficiency, and energy storage. And that gives me a way to do something constructive and measurable about climate change because I live in a New York City apartment, so I can't put mm-hmm. solar collectors on my roof. I do not even have a thermostat on my wall, so I can't even turn the heat down in my apartment. So I do what mm-hmm. I can. I walk. I take mm-hmm. a cloth bag. I try to eat low in the food chain. But still, mm-hmm. I, have a, I live in this society, and I have a large carbon mm-hmm. footprint, and I want to do something about it. We hear about climate change almost every day on the news. We know that we're all contributing to it somehow. And so I wanted to come up with an idea where we all could make a constructive uh, change to climate change. And what's important, not only do we 
reduce our use of, of energy. So if we walk instead of, of driving, etc., that's all very good. That's something we should always do. Anytime we see that there's some way that we could save energy, we, we should do that. But I think people also want to know how they're doing. And so that's why I came up with the idea of, of being able to measure our impact and our response to climate change by pricing these units of these CDs to match the cost of ton of carbon dioxide because we know that that is what our carbon footprint is measured in tons of carbon dioxide. So we want to know how we're doing. How am I doing against what I have done? And so that's why I came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Are you getting a lot of people receptive to it and understanding what you're trying to educate? Uh, many people are very positive about the idea. My, as, as I said, my goal is to license it to a bank um, or a financial institution, and I have not been able to sign a contract with a bank yet. Um, still looking, still uh, going down that road. Uh, but the I challenges do get a, a with lot banks of- today in the United States, all, all over the world, uh, you're talking about a bank. Which bank? I mean... You mean banks where the money comes into the bank and your bank, the word B-A-N-K, bank? <laughs> yes, the word bank. Because yeah. uh, this all has to be financed Well, the challenge somehow. they're running into is keeping alive. <laughs> yes. Well, through yeah. my research, I, I, I feel that my best uh, effort is to approach community banks because they're mm-hmm. more concerned about what's going on in the community, more concerned mm-hmm. about the environment. And they're more willing to listen to an idea like this. And my end-user target market would be, right now, according to my research, would be millennials and those in in certain minority populations because they have a higher percentage. Go ahead. I think you're millennials. Uh, I've been in the business world since my 20s. And I'm a believer that I did what you're doing, only I went about it differently. I just decided to get into research and behavior pattern of the evaporation of the body and living with the environment and came up with products and and many more coming. And I hold patents all over the planet or there's not a spot I don't own a patent. Um, But because, and the reason I did that is because my advisors, scientists said, Sharon, you've got to do that to protect your IP as you're studying and doing what we do. And so I did. But for you to understand where I come from on the invention of what you're doing is what you're doing has got a really huge future, Gary. Huge future. I've been in the water research side of me for over 30-odd years. I'm around, I've been a guest speaker in some very interesting places, going around the world, supported by scientists that are unbelievable, they think that maybe someday we might even get excited about some nominations of things that we're doing to to discover some new directions of water evaporation causing these diseases. Uh, and the medication has not looked at it that way. So where I'm coming from is you might go to the millenniums and you might decide, because they're, they're going to be most excited. Your bank, Your business institutions are very confused. Uh, they're living in a very confusing environment right now because of the economic problems. It's, they're on a very volatile time all over the planet. But you millenniums are always looking for something to be an entrepreneur. It, they can be uh, charity, but if they could think, and if I could 
plant this thought in your business plan. If you went out and began a movement with the millennials to become entrepreneurs to assist us, and they got behind it with people to assist them that they would bring on to uh, the uh, program, the business plan together, they could do, begin to develop a pilgrimage. I, I got it started a new word just last year, putting together a plan where more millennials could get involved. They have fire behind the belt. They're excited about the planet. They're looking at things differently than some of us have in the past. Maybe not you and I, but others have in the past. They're always looking to make a little extra money to put in their pocketbooks. See, that's how Jack Ma did it in um, built Alibaba. Is he built Alibaba in China, where entrepreneurs can buy and sell products on the internet and make them some money. And maybe it's only a couple of bucks a week, or maybe it's a hundred dollars a week, or maybe a couple of thousand a week. Uh, he chose to go about his way of the uh, e-commerce in a different direction. And it turned out to be very successful for him. And for you um, here on International Radio to look into the millennium, to get behind you, uh, they would get excited. Very excited, Gary. You got one. You have a good handle on something here. Yeah. um, My research does show that... um, those in the millennial, those under 35 years old, are more willing to pay to have something done about climate change uh, if it was on their monthly utility bill. So if they're willing to pay, um, I, my guess is that they would be willing to save to have something done about climate change. Many of the people in that generation also don't have a very high savings rate. So this would help them increase their savings by putting money in something that they really believe in. And that's, that's been my tact at this, up to this point. Well, what it would do also for you, Gary, is give you an opportunity and them to get the politicians behind them because it'll be, you'd have a movement going on that would become, first of all, they could become trendy but very excitable because they're all doing it together with a little bit of extra time they could put into it. And then all of a sudden the movement gets bigger and bigger to where you don't have to, you don't have to take posters down to the streets. You don't have to go and demonstrate in front of the Washington DC. You literally can do it with the pocketbook and the pocketbook has by far more to offer. If people can make a little extra money during their week or their month or their year and, and be add, adding to a movement. Uh, that's why our forefathers, I truly believed in capitalism. But I think you're, uh, you've got an opportunity there uh, that is going to open a door for you. And, um, Thank you. But you live in New York. I love Manhattan. And uh, have you been able to get at some friends of yours in Manhattan uh, there in New York? Uh, excited with you? Oh, yes. I uh... You know, I, I have a, a lot of support from uh, friends and family, that's for sure. Even mm-hmm. last year during the climate march, I know we talk about, you talk about raising banners and et cetera. We had a pretty good-sized uh, group go down to the climate march, and after about three hours, mm-hmm. we went about nine blocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, But last mm-hmm. year during that climate march, that was pretty evident that people want to do something about climate change. There was 300,000 or so people in the street. They want to do something about climate change. They don't know what to do, so they 
they take to the streets and they raise banners. Um, mm-hmm. If we had something, as you say, though, they could do something on a daily basis and would put oh. a little money in their pocket. That Can would you be imagine much the more... power of that? Right. Yes. We're going to take a moment yeah. with our sponsor, but don't you go away. I'm going to come back and ask you some questions. All right, we'll be right you. back, Gary. We'll take a moment with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It's tissue culture grade of water. To supplement the surface of your eyes. Did you know your eyes are 99% water? They're not eye drops. And when I was brought to, to study the eyes many, many years ago by ophthalmology research, we were able to determine with a discovery that the supplement of a product, a technology to supplement the eyes every day is no different than you using your toothbrush and drinking your water and doing proper breathing exercises. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist, and we'll be right back with Gary Care. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Gary, uh, before we go on on the serious side, tell us a little bit about your 15 times in Alaska. Oh, well, that's a, a great opportunity for me. I went on a Sierra Club outings trip uh, one time to the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, and the gentleman leading the trip says, hey, you look like you enjoy this and would be pretty good at leading trips. Would you be interested in in leading trips uh, for the Sierra Club in Alaska? Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. So (laughs) I've had a great opportunity to uh, lead backpacking and a few rafting trips to uh, Alaska, all but one of them were above the Arctic Circle. The one that was below the Arctic Circle was a dog sledding trip, which was just a whole lot of fun. Um, wow. But most of them are backpacking trips. I tend to like the backpacking trips better because I can look around more. When mm-hmm. I'm steering the boat, I, I have to pay attention to the water and the wind, and I can't, I can't see as many things as I want to. But uh, the backpacking So when you go on a backpacking trip, excuse me for interrupting, when you go on a backpack, backpack trip like that, how many days are you gone? We, we plan the trips from Monday to the following Friday. That way people uh-huh. can get uh, up to Alaska and return home on the weekend. They can take so two weeks vacation. So where do you stay at night? When, when you, uh, do you camp or do you have lodges or what? Oh, yes. These trips, we, we're flown in by a bush pilot uh-huh. and we're dropped off somewhere. And then we're picked up by a bush pilot 12 days later. 
So we wow. have to be completely self-sufficient. We take all our own food and fuel. Um, and wow. uh, we don't, um, sometimes we eat some berries, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. in the fall, the blueberries are delicious. But mm-hmm. we take everything and we usually hike just about every day. We try to move camp. We don't want to stay in the same place for too long. That has some mm-hmm. impact on the tundra. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been up there June, July, August, and, and a bit into September. So Wow. Mm-hmm. It's I can imagine, very, and, and I, I, I used to, you know, I live in Oregon, in southern Oregon, where the Rogue River is at. Have you ever heard of the Rogue River? I have. Yeah, well, I'm, in fact, I'm right on it here. But anyway, um, we used to, my husband and I rafted for years until I started this research center, and where our noses are to grindstones, typical entrepreneurs, Gary, we don't get the days off because we're so busy. But we used to raft down the Rogue, and I can imagine how smelling the air and the water in Alaska rafting had to be delicious. (laughs) And you're out literally hundreds of miles from from other people. Uh When you you fly in, the the bush flight will be an hour long, and you won't see any signs of human beings. Yeah. And And what kind of animals did you see? Uh, For instance, last year we uh, did a trip in the Noatak Preserve, which is... And mm-hmm. we were pretty much in the middle of uh, the Arctic in Alaska. We saw mm-hmm. caribou because the caribou were migrating at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mm-hmm. It's the Western Arctic herd. We saw a couple bears, which were a little, little close. Some fox. What color? Brown or black? Those are grizzly bears that we saw, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are mm-hmm. uh, blonde. The one was pretty uh-huh. blonde, so very light color. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. We saw some muskox on the way out on the airplane. There was plenty of sign of muskox where we were, but we didn't that, see what any. What is long. that, Gary? What is a muskox? A muskox is a, a, is a grazing animal, and it has uh, horns kind of like a water buffalo, where it almost oh, okay. looks like a horn. It has the hair parted, and it, and it curves mm-hmm. up on the end. They have oh. really long fur called kivet, mm-hmm. and oh. uh, that kivet is warmer than wool. So there's been wow. a, an attempt in so Alaska. It's like a down. To, it's like a down to their body. Yes, but it, mm-hmm. it but it can be woven, uh-huh. and uh, you can buy in in Anchorage. There's a store where you can buy a a muskox hat or scarf. It's very fine, very soft. So, so they don't have to hurt the the muskox. They they can literally uh, cut the, the the hair and then recycle it into something. Yes, yes, the muskox. Yeah. They don't, they don't kill oh. the muskox. Uh-huh. So, in, uh, and often when, like where we were last year, you can find that fur hanging on the mm-hmm. willows because the muskox will go through the willows, and in the summertime uh-huh. they're they're shedding some of that, so you can pick it up. Wow. And it's very soft and light. So that species, uh, that species, is it endangered at all? They've been reintroduced into Alaska from uh, herds, I believe, from Greenland. Uh, okay. They. I think in the uh, early part of last century, they were hunted uh, out of existence in Alaska somewhat by whale hunters. And also, I also heard another story that some people that wanted specimens for zoos would go up. And, of course, they want the young ones. And muskox mm-hmm. have a, a characteristic where they will band together in a circle, like circling the wagons, and mm-hmm. uh, put the young ones in the middle. And so in order to get to the young ones, they had to shoot the older ones. So, uh, but they've brought them back, and I've seen them in several different uh, parts in Alaska. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they're interesting to see. They're, oh, uh, I can imagine. Um, now, did you yeah, any do any did you do any fishing? Um, I didn't. A buddy of mine was on the trip. He tried to fish, but it, it wasn't a very good day for it. Uh-huh. Um, the thing about the Arctic is it's so open. It's open tundra. There's no trees, and mm-hmm. so it's very peaceful and serene. Mm-hmm. And these vacations are great because for two weeks, you don't take money out of your pocket. For You don't have to worry about yeah. where you're going to stay. You don't have to worry about yeah. your food. You don't have to check oh, your email. Oh, and guess what? You probably don't get any wireless communications on your iPhone. No, the iPhones don't work. <laughs> we do take a satellite phone for emergencies. In case yeah. there's an emergency, yeah. we could call yeah. in some help. But... Uh, Yes, it's, it's you're a great probably vacation. pretty. You're pretty young, but can you imagine what happened to this society? You can even. I, I, it just shocks me when I see in other parts of the world where I know they are having war conflicts, and these people are talking on their cell phones out in the middle of nowhere during yeah. a war. I. It's just you know at my age, of course. <laughs> And by the way, Gary, I'm going to live to be 180, so I don't mind dealing with my... <laughs> but anyway, back to this social media stuff, I can imagine what people... I think that's what they need to do is we need to sign people up with you, Gary, to get them off, away from the addiction of those phones and that Internet. And uh, all <laughs> that takes out, energy, too, as you know. <laughs> right. You're in... Yeah. Yeah, your energy sounds kind of low key, though. You got you sound like a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I'm nervous on the inside. Trust me. <laughs> oh, that's that's the way we are, aren't we? <laughs> they just, we fake it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underneath, we they call us nerds. You know, we're nerdy about how we do things, and where we take things calm and careful. And I, I Gary, I kind of say it like what you're doing, obviously. I'm like a turtle. I take one paw and I feel out the sand and I take another. I go all four paws and then I think, well, I guess I can move right now. <laughs> I don't go <laughs> looking for anything. It, I kind of let it find me in my research. That's what I need to learn. And, of course, I'm lucky, like you might be, uh, bringing scientists from all over the world, from different countries, to join me to do what I study. Now, tell me about what you're description is of climate change because climate change to me is so confusing. It's kind of like you said you went down and you joined the, 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 the posters, the banners of the climate change thing in Manhattan. But do people really understand when they're going to do those kind of demonstrations, what they're there for? Do you believe they believe it? Yeah, I think what people understand is that we know that burning fossil fuels, gasoline, coal, gas, uh, these add chemicals to our atmosphere that can change the climate in ways we're not really sure exactly how it'll change. There's there's some good predictions, but uh, if it warms up the climate and it melts the ice caps, I know you're very interested in water and you have a problem in California with uh, with water, it, it, when it when it changes weather patterns and it changes uh, drink potable water, and people are going to get hurt. I think people realize that if we continue to do what we're do, 
they're doing and the climate change. Why, is, I'm going to correct you for a second hurt. on something. Excuse me, radio talk show hosts have a tendency to interrupt, but that's because it's a dime when you say something. Okay. Why do you, what, what is the word hurt? People are going to get hurt. What does that mean to you? Well, we know if sea levels rise, people will lose their homes or their farms. And we know that that's going to be a problem. Or if there's more drought situations, people will lose their crops. Or if there's more of a fire situation, people may lose their homes and their crops. So I think people will be hurt if uh, we continue to do what we're doing. And there's an added part of it to your thinking, I hope. If we don't understand the behavior of the climate changing, and it has began, it started that way on the planet Earth. I don't know if you heard my commentary. It, it, the, cli- the planet Earth had that water vapor around it. The climate change around the solar system changed the Earth. What was going on with that temperature change, that change? It's been going on forever, but for some reason, scientists after the 1800s stopped studying it the way they should. So the climate and the temperature, the temperature change changes the vapor in the water to ca- cause a climate change. People don't understand that uh, we, yes, we can do something about it the way you're thinking about it with, in, with technology and more entrepreneurship thinking about how can we do this together to get people involved. So when, you, when those people are picketing, I've often wondered, because so many of them are paid to do it nowadays. You, you probably know that. They're, they come from all over the United States. They fly in. They get paid to, to be there, but then they stay with people they know to be there. So they don't have to pay for their accommodations and so on. But are they really serious and understand what they're doing? Uh, because the water, the fresh water on the planet Earth is going to be changing that temperature change for the climate because we don't have enough fresh water on the surface as we once did, Gary. That fresh water is abundant down in the aquifers replenishing itself, but the fresh water on the planet Earth has to be at a certain technology level to where it can relate with the water vapor in the air. And I have been studying the body, your body, the human life, all life on Earth, that that is being affected by out-of-control symptoms of disease because the body is evaporating too quickly like the air is evaporating too quickly because we do not have enough fresh water on the surface of the planet that we have to have. We have to have it to be able to get this cycle back to a balancing and that invention, what they called ecosystem. To me, that's the ecosystem is getting that back. Glasses of water to drink, if you're not drinking eight to ten glasses of water a day, you're not replenishing the evaporation process of your body to live with the water vapor of the atmosphere. It just won't relate or communicate electrolytically. So when they're out there doing that, I've often wondered, what are they thinking? Sure, carbon, and there's an obvious there. But there's another one that nobody is bringing up. I know the other one's probably making tons and tons of foundation money and grant money to go out and doing what they're doing to be able to afford it, to bring those people together. But your idea of doing it, to me, makes more sense and could go very quickly in time if it's done thanks to the time frame of social media. 
social media can do your thinking entrepreneurships to get people behind it without ever picking up a sign unless they wanted to go to a big coliseum and have a get-together and let the news media come and watch the movement of, the cha- of what people are thinking. But uh, So you said you've been doing this for about three years? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, and so, yeah, so you've been going up to Alaska for about three years, and that's what got you started. I've been going with. to Alaska for since '96. Oh, okay. So I've mm-hmm. been very fortunate. I've seen quite a bit of it, and oh, people cool. often ask me if I see a change in Alaska due to climate change, and I have not because I don't always go to the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard for me to make a comparison. I can't say that mm-hmm. I have. Of course, the, uh, mm-hmm. the bush pilots, they probably give you a better answer on that because they're right. out there all day, every day. Yeah. Looking down. Right. Right. And they can mm-hmm. see where certain um, plant species are encroaching further and further north. So they, mm-hmm. they can tell that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to see that myself. I've been That's working an on entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Pardon? As an entrepreneur, what, how would you go about a business plan, let's say? to think about people uh, getting behind um, the better education and uh, trying to do something about the climate change. What is your thinking? Uh, Let's say every um, business plan has a step one. You get the step one done and you like where you're coming from and step two. What what, What would be your first step to get people behind you to think about being involved with you? My first step is to show that you can do something about climate change, demonstrate you can do something about climate change that's not a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, people mm-hmm. want to do something often, but they, when you hear, read certain things, that oh, they have to make a huge sacrifice in the way that they're living their lives in order to not produce carbon. I think we can do mm-hmm. it in another way where you can do it without it being a major sacrifice. If it's a sacrifice, people won't do it. People have to, to walk instead of drive in certain areas. They're, they're not going to do it. They have to turn their heat down or their thermostat up in the summertime so it's not as cool. They're mm-hmm. likely not going to do that as often. So if we, mm-hmm. can, if we can come up with a way where they can do something constructive that's not mm-hmm. a sacrifice and actually a bit profitable, I think we have a better chance of hooking those people in. Give them Otherwise, a they may, just, mm-hmm. they may just blame somebody else. And that... That can happen, yeah. too. And we, we want to avoid that. You know, I often it, think when uh, I listen to the politicians today, because, oh, are we inundated today? But when you stop and think of the established politician, let's just say the ones that are always there, always being reelected, and you often wonder where they're coming from with all of this, because they say, oh, yes, I'm interested. But when you think about what, what, what are they elected to do? Think about what's best for their country, number one, as a whole country. Number two is the wellness, the health of the country and the plant they live on. And then safety. And they, you, you, don't get them, you don't get them really serious about, because they get so inundated with so many other things to do that their mind, they're only human. And they go to work, they can only work 24 hours a day. And some of them have been yeah. working there for 35 and 40 years. 
um, at the same thing, getting burned out probably, not really representing what they used to represent when they were young kids and whippersnappers fire behind the belt. But you often wonder with the word climate change, uh, way back in time, Gary, do you remember when they invented insulation for the walls? Can you imagine no, what I... that did? Can you imagine what that did to the atmosphere, the water vapor, and for health reasons inside of a building to slow down uh, the heat and the cool, uh, uh, and it just changed the whole atmosphere. It's so unhealthy because of insulation, windows, forced wall into walls. Then they had to invent uh, cooling and heating. Inside those walls. So what yeah. do you think is happening outside with the word climate, inside, outside? Can you see where I come from? Yes. Also, uh, one other aspect of so-called climate change that's not heard of, and it has to do with water, but with salt water, is ocean acidification. I don't know if you discussed that on your show or not. We have had people not... on, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another... Go ahead and talk that's about it today. Yeah. Go ahead and... That's something a little more right. measurable. That's something people can actually measure. You can measure the, mm-hmm. the pH of the water. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. certainly if you like shellfish, this, uh, you know, when the pH goes down, the, some of the shells don't grow as well or, or, or disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's going to hurt some You mean you know, like it's too acidic? Too acidic. Pardon me? Too acidic. Yes, it's too acidic, yes. So yeah, and then also ac- remember salt draws moisture out. And in other words, it'll evaporate quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and if the temperature of the water is changing, also. it'll, yeah. So that's another yeah, aspect of climate we don't hear very often. Right. And just desalination uh, of, of the ocean to for, for water. And then they take and put that salty salt right back in the ocean again after they've desalinized. See, that'll change the temperature of the water in that area and begin to affect water for miles and miles and miles away, too, which I believe in recycling water, um, which San Diego is doing, you know, and Singapore is doing. But we've only got a minute left, so how would you like to leave your audience today with how to find you and join your movement? Okay, my name is Gary Keir, and I have a website, carbonxprint.com. That's C-A-R-B-O-N-X-P-R-I-N-T.com. I I post blogs regularly. I am looking for banks to partner with, to collaborate with, to bring this idea to fruition and give everybody a chance to do something measurable and constructive about climate change. Mm -hmm. And Gary, your last name is K-E-I-R, Keir. That's correct. Here. That's correct. Well, I wish, I wish you well. I see your future. And let's stay in contact because I have some ideas, too, for you that will be really exciting for you to get those entrepreneurs thinking about the future of pilgriming, uh, a future that can go global. Yeah, it's a very exciting future. I and I love Manhattan. I love that city. I've been there for many, many, many years going in and out. Well, let me know next time you're here. We will. I'll let you know, and you have a nice day, and thank you for joining us today, and you be well. Thank you for the pleasant conversation. Thank you. You have a nice day. Bye.
Wow, I enjoyed Gary uh, today. I was really looking forward to it. And then after I started hearing more about his thinking, I'm totally convinced that technology is the answer to saving our planet and healthy technology. I've noticed when I've sat in meetings with our, our government employee and personnel that are very scientifically and very experienced, but they don't work with the established a, a business world. In other words, the business world can save the planet. It's like people have criticized the water to drink companies bottling water for you to drink. I don't. I am so grateful they're doing it for so long and they have regulations to, to be able to bottle it so you'll be healthy and safe. But thank God they do it. Have you ever noticed the first thing that's flown in after a disaster is cases and cases of water? And you ever noticed how little they're really making per bottle? Be grateful they're there. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. World Water Day's uh, been here and gone, and World Earth Day is coming. Think about yourself and your feet and your being able to breathe in and out that air. Thank you for listening. Embrace your life every special moment that Earth whispers. Don't say goodbye. Leave something for all the generations of children to come to know you care. I know they will. Thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 